He knows he is being unfair, but he does it anyway. Jeff Humphreys of LSU puts a much-loved poem by Joyce Kilmer before us. Trees. We know it, don't we? I think that I shall never see a poem lovely as a tree. Well, Humphreys stops right there with the first line and the phrase, never see. It's as if he's contending that Kilmer does not see an actual tree, but rather describes the tree in the poem as a human being with a hungry mouth, a tree with hair, and arms lifted to pray. Humphreys isn't being fair because he's really intent on exploring the art of bonsai, the miniature trees cultivated for centuries in China and Japan, and he turns to one of the great bonsai masters of our time, who has defined the art form in this way. Bonsai has not only a natural beauty of the particular plant, but the appearance reminds people of something other than the plant itself. It could be a scene, a forest, or part of a forest, a lone tree in the field, a seascape, a lake, a river, or a stream, or pond. It is also possible that a certain appearance reminds a person of the wind blowing through the branches. Humphreys argues that this simple description points out several ways in which this Japanese art is different in its means and its ends from much Western art. The difference hinges on one central fact, to remind, as Kyozo Murata has just said, and that's decidedly not to represent. The Japanese artist, imbued with the teachings of Buddhism and Japanese Shinto, remarkably like Native American forms, seeks to achieve not a copy of the natural world, but the most heightened human experience of oneness with nature through the medium of nature itself, living plants. Words of Jeff Humphreys. We are invited into the company of those who practice the art of bonsai, and who want to offer us all a chance to experience what they find so compelling in working with trees at this scale. Carl Ockhammer practices the art of bonsai. He's a teacher as well, and he has been part of the Northeast Pennsylvania Bonsai Society since its earliest days. For over three decades, the Society has been holding an annual open house to invite people in to meet their trees, and in 2022, it is being held on Saturday, August 27th. We had a chance to speak by phone with Carl Ockhammer about the group and the art of bonsai. Bonsai basically is the art of dwarfing trees to grow in small containers. We can use various species, almost every species of tree that's out there, and the process of trimming the roots, trimming the tops, and keeping it in a confined environment, a small container, will actually dwarf the tree indefinitely. So all the trees we use when they're put in the ground in our full-size trees in their right environment. Does that mean that you could expect the tree to live as long as a full-size tree would live? Yeah, pretty much indefinitely. It depends on how long the species of tree usually lives. I mean, there's pines and redwoods that are, you know, a couple hundred to a thousand, two thousand years old in nature right now. So if we cultivate them and keep them uh, healthy in a container, yeah, they definitely can live to be as old as a century to a thousand years old. And you've been to Japan and you've seen some of those ancient trees, haven't you? Oh, yeah. I was able to get over there in 2017 for the World Convention, and we saw the Van Goghs and the Picassos of the bonsai world. 
that have been passed on through generations over the last, you know, 900,000 years. And some of these trees that we saw easily were 750, 400 to 700 years old. And you do call it an art, don't you? Yes. It's kind of art meets horticulture. That's one of the definitions I use to define bonsai. Art where you are actually manipulating the tree's design and shape to make it look old and horticulture with respect to keeping the tree alive in a small container. So our goal is to make something that is 10 years old look like it's 100 years old. And if it's only 10 inches high, we want to make it look like it's 100 foot high. And you often have said that if you could imagine yourself below it, then you are on target, that the scale is right, if you can imagine yourself or some little person beneath the tree. Absolutely. Every art has different levels that it's at. The little uh, one-year-old sapling does not look like a big tree yet. Ten years from now, it will start to look like that. So as you progress in the art and your trees mature and age and with the proper techniques, you can get them to look like really old trees, even though they're only maybe 10 years old. Yeah, and I always say if you could picture yourself an inch tall walking under this 10 or 20-inch tree, I think the the scale reference uh, kind of makes you remember looking uh, at trees in the past, being real small, being, you know, two or three feet high and uh, being up against this 50, 60-foot tree. Bonsai, you know, kind of gets you to remember vision to the past, maybe. You know, my friend had said that recently. He goes, I think the good definition of bonsai is when the tree makes you relate to a memory that you've had in the past, where it's a garden tree where you had a tire swing or something that you saw in nature or when you were hiking in the mountains. Definitely is a reflective art. While we are talking about the question of art, you are someone who can create pottery pieces for displaying your trees. Oh, yeah. At the club, we have all done some kind of pottery. We've had a couple different potter friends of ours, members of the club, come in and actually let us make pots for our trees. And the pot basically is the frame of the picture, which is the tree. The pot actually will represent the landscape or the frame that you would see a picture in. Those of you who have been working for some time with the art have often collected a number of specimens, and you're, you're someone who has done just that, haven't you? Yes, I have entirely too many trees right now. <laughs> I definitely need to sell some of the trees I have and uh, concentrate on some of my nicer pieces, which will hopefully be done display up at the open house. And you also teach, too. People are perfectly welcome to come, for example, to the open house and just admire the work and the trees that are on display and take one or as many as they can home, but also they can engage with the club and with you to learn how to practice the art themselves. Yes, I will have classes set up inside of the week after the open house so people can get that info to take a one-on-one class and everything. But our club meets once a month, and there's a lot of information to be learned there. But if you really want to progress in the art, uh, taking some extra classes and working with somebody else who's experienced in the art, like myself, I'd be happy to teach you and get you started in the right direction. There's a lot of information out there online, and a lot of it's good, but then there's some of it's bad. But I always say it's good to find a club which has some good roots, and the people know what they're doing there. And I think our club is very uh, talented, and we have a wide range of experience levels. So we could definitely uh, get you started in the right direction. And one of the things that characterizes the art is you need to be patient. Oh, absolutely. Trees grow at different rates. Some trees, like maples or deciduous, you might trim them three to four times a year, but that's it. Some other stuff like pines, there's only one or two things you do per year. Now, of course, the day-to-day, you want to make sure you keep an eye on the water. I water once to twice a day. Over the last month or two, it's been pretty hot. But now into the fall, you know, it might only be once a day. 
So you're actually doing something around your trees every day. If that takes away from the patience of it, it's good. But you don't need to trim every day. You don't need to wire or touch the tree. You just got to keep it alive. And then at specific times of the year, you do the wiring, you do the trimming, you do the repotting and the fertilizing, etc. And that's just you get one tree and you learn how to take care of that per year. Then you get your next tree. Then you learn how to take care of that one. And eventually you're going to know all the species that you have and what to do when throughout the year. And in the times that you're not trimming and you're not watering, you're just beholding the beauty of the tree? Absolutely. I uh, have a lot of my trees around my patio, and I'll sit out there with a nice cigar, a glass of bourbon or some beer, uh, some wine if the mood's right, and listen to some music and just enjoy them. Yep. They're just hanging out, photosynthesizing, and uh, (laughs) just enjoying life, and uh, you get to enjoy the beauty of them. Did you notice at all, Carl, an uptick in the interest in bonsai during COVID when people were needing to be in contact with nature in some way or needing peace of mind? I hope it provided peace of mind for some people over the last couple of years or so. Uh, I definitely know that people started researching it more online, and uh, there's been a couple online schools that have popped up, definitely a bunch of instructional videos that are either for free or you can buy. And definitely the upswing because all of my suppliers are short on all their stock. So there's a lot of people now getting more interested into it. And even just the little Facebook promotion I've done so far, we've had a lot more active involvement in the advertising for the open house. Uh, So hopefully this is going to be one of the best ones ever. You used the word aptly, roots. What about the roots of the art? We mentioned that you went to Japan, but in Japan and China. Yeah, there's a couple different ways that bonsai could have started. It was primarily in China. Chinese and Japanese have always had appreciation of nature, so I think it was just not by happenstance that it just happened. I think it was going to happen that bonsai became an art. So uh, there's a lot of uh, talk about the mountains of five, 6,000-foot mountains. The Chinese people come across these little dwarf trees that should be 100 foot tall, but they're only like 3 foot tall, but they're still a couple hundred years old. They thought they had spiritual properties, and they collected these trees and took them into their houses and grew them in containers. That was one of the potential starts of bonsai. There was also the representation of land holdings by the nobles. They used rocks and trees for that, so little landscapes. That just dwarfs the trees when you take them out of nature and grow them in a small container. There was also, back in the time, uh, even Egyptian times, when they used a lot of trees for medicinal purposes, so you would actually dig up the small tree and carry it with you in your caravan to, or the medicine man, wherever they would go, and then use the leaves off of that. And then primarily, art transferred through trade and Zen Buddhism to Japan. And in Japan, did a lot of very structural, very neat and tidy rules onto it. They did more one tree in the pot versus uh, China, which is Penjing. It's synonymous to bonsai, but that usually refers to landscapes, uh, multiple trees, rocks, animals, and little figures. But Chinese does, you know, one tree in a pot, too, also. But Japan kind of put the the major rules that we follow today. And then it went to Europe, and uh, World War II just started to show up in the U.S. after we came uh, back from the Pacific Theater. Soldiers brought these little trees back. You've given us a good sense of what we're going to experience. But give us the overview of what's going to happen during the open house. It's our 34th annual open house. So the club's been in existence for 34 years, which is pretty impressive. Uh, started with eight guys in late 80s. And all the club members this year, they bring mostly their best pieces and they clean them up. They put the Sunday best on their trees, you know, the nicest pots, they clean the pots, make the soil and all the leaves look good. 
and those will all be on display. We probably had 50 or 60 trees last year on display, from little thimble-sized trees to three-and-a-half-foot-tall trees. Uh, a bunch of the members will be there to answer any questions. We'll probably be also working on some of our own trees, doing little demos throughout the day. My friend Jamie, who's coming up and does shakuhachi flute music, and we also like the public's opinion uh, for our tree contest. So we'll have you uh, help us uh, pick out the best trees uh, in the small, medium, and large categories that day. We're neighbors, you and the Open House and WBIA, but remind people where you'll be. Yeah, it's at Midway Garden Center. It's 1865 Highway 315, Pittston, PA. It's about two miles past Mohegan, going north on the right. And if you get off the Pittston exit of 81, it's about a mile coming back on the left, right across from St. Joe's Oblates, if anybody knows where that is. Yeah, and right around the corner from the studio. I'm not mean favorite, but what's one of your own trees that you really have taken a shine to? Uh, you know, it's so tough, too. I always say it's the tree in front of me. That's the one I like the most. But I had a little sapling that I've grown in the smallest container for the last four years, and I appreciate that tree much as the other couple thousand dollar big juniper that's 90 years old that I have. So I think it's just the story behind it a lot of times. There's a whole bunch of trees I just get into shape and to try to resell. You don't have much of an attachment to them, but at the same time, if you have 10 of them and you really like this one, you might not want to sell that one because you just become attached to that one. I don't know. I think that's a day-to-day thing. It depends on what mood I'm in. I like a pine one day. I like a Jabba the Kaaba one day. My maple looks really good the other day. So very subjective, I guess you would say. Do you get a sense in some way, and I don't mean spooky sense, but is there some sort of spirit that these trees have? I think you could say that, yeah. The energy, it's a living entity, you know, whether it's conscious or not conscious, you know, nobody could ever tell that, but the amount of energy and the will to survive of a tree or a plant is is amazing to me. comes out of a little seed, and so Dawn Redwoods, for instance, will grow to 100 foot tall. I have one that's outside that's three foot tall right now, but each of the cuttings I could take off of that to start a new tree will also be 100 foot tall and just an amazing you take a little cutting that's two inches tall and it grows into something that is 100 foot tall it's it's a that's amazing carl ockhammer of zen chaser bonsai speaking about the 2022 open house of the northeast pennsylvania bonsai society saturday august 27th from 10 a.m to 4 p.m at Midway Garden Center, 1865 Highway 315 in Pittston. There will be an extensive display of trees, bonsai demonstrations, live music with Jamie Orfanella, who plays the shakuhachi, this flute that we're hearing here. This and much more For information and directions, nepabonsai.com, nepabonsai.com, and that's B-O-N-S-A-I, nepabonsai.com. And to learn more about Carl and his art, you can check his website, which is zenchaserbonsai.com, zen, Z-E-N, Chaser, C-H-A-S-E-R, bonsai.com.
and you're invited to the 2022 Northeast Pennsylvania Bonsai Society Open House, Saturday, August 27th, from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., and it will be held at the Midway Garden Center, 1865 Highway 315 in Pittston. For more information on the web, nepabonsai.com. <laughs>